Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to share with you an amazing guest interview that I had the privilege of doing with Emily Conley. And we are going to be talking about effective copywriting and how Emily was able to grow her business by specializing in copywriting. We also share some things about investing in your business and how to make your business work when you have a little one at home and building your business around that. This is one of my favorite interviews that I've done. I just love how open and honest Emily was in sharing this. And I know that a lot of you out there are really gonna relate to her story and and I hope this is an inspiring story for you to see, wow, if she did it, so can I. And I hope it gives you that inspiration that you need to go after your dreams, to make something happen for yourself. So get out a notebook and pen and let's go ahead and dive on into this amazing interview that I had the privilege of doing with Emily. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Well, hey there, Emily. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. I am so excited to dive in and chat with you today. Hey, Aubrey. I'm really excited to be here and chat with you as well. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take it back a little bit. Let's let's do the backstory. I think that's always so important. It's like one of my favorite parts of podcasts too. I mean, obviously we tune into podcasts and we want to learn something, be inspired, but I always love hearing how the how the business came to be, so to speak. So if you could give us a little bit of backstory of your journey and how you got to where you are today, we would love that. Sure. So I have an I think it's an interesting story. Um so <laughs> I was living in Australia with my husband. We're from the U.S. We had moved over there for his job and we were living in Sydney. It was amazing. It was like a dream life. It was great. I was going to grad school. I was working part time and everything. And then I got pregnant. And so I had my daughter in Australia. Should we call her our little kookaburra? She was actually born there. Um, and then realized that, you know, 10,000 miles is a lot of miles to be between me and anyone who could support us <laughs> with a new baby. Um, and so we moved back when she was about three months old. So I found myself a new mom to a new baby um, back in the back in the States, and I didn't have a job. I... Um, my, you know, I had left my previous job several years earlier, um, and they had actually offered me to come back, but it was 
really long hours and a lot of traveling and just wasn't, it was not going to fit with like my new life as a mom. So that wasn't really an option. Um, so for a few months, you know, we just kind of like hung out. And by the time my daughter was about five months old, um, two things happened really. One, I was ready to, you know, do something creative, like have something added to my plate. Um, I loved being home with her. It wasn't my plan at all. Um, I thought I'd go right back into work, but I actually loved being home with her, but I also was kind of searching. I wanted something to feel like creatively inspired. Um, and also just practically we needed more money. So, so, um, I, was like, I don't know what to do. And I just reached out to a lot of people. Um, I'm pretty sure I like posted on Facebook and I was like, Hey, here are the things I'm good at. Like, let me know if you need any of these skills. And actually a friend got in touch who was the editor at a bridal or a wedding magazine in Chicago. And she was like, Hey, we've been looking for a freelance writer, um, to write for our blog and to write articles for our print magazine. Like, would you be interested? Uh, heck yeah. Very interested. I love weddings. Writing has always been probably my like strongest skill. And so I kind of just fell into freelancing accidentally. I didn't really know it was even a thing. Um, I was really lucky to kind of make that connection and it just blew up from there. So I ended up working for the magazine for like a year um, and was doing such a great, like I ended up taking over all of their digital stuff. So I ran pretty much, I ran a blog for them. Um, I wrote a bunch of articles. I did a lot of other like ad copy and just learned as I went. Um, And that was what I did for about a year. Um, And then I found out they were going to be acquired and my my nice little cushy freelance position that was like perfect too. It was about a thousand dollars a month that I was making, which was like enough to help out, but it was also a you know small enough commitment that I was like able to be full time with my daughter still, um, all of that good stuff. But anyway, they were getting acquired. My position was going away, and I was like, well, I'm gonna just keep doing this. Like, I'm just gonna find my own clients. And so I created my own little business. I called it Emily Writes Well, and that was in August of 2019. Um, And here we are today. So yeah, that's the not super short version, but (laughs) uh, that's pretty much how I got here. Okay. I feel like there's so many, even just in your story, there are so many golden nuggets. I'm sitting here with my like pen and paper of like different things that I want to go back to. And I feel like this in and of itself could be the whole podcast because- (laughs) There's so, there's so many. Okay. So the first thing that I wanted to touch on is this is something that I'm really leaning into. And I feel like this is going to be on the air first. Cause I haven't really announced this, like where I'm really taking my business and really what I want to focus on. But something that you said, it's like, it's so true how the corporate life and, and I mean, I came from teaching, so I, I wouldn't necessarily declare that as corporate, but just that the, the nine to five working life is not conducive to mom life. But on the flip side of that too, there's, before we became moms, there's still a huge part of us that, that still lives in us. And I feel, I I just posted this on TikTok this morning and I was so surprised with the feedback that I got from it because I was saying like moms feel like they have to choose between either being a mom or having a really successful career. And my 
goal moving forward with my business is to show moms that they can have, they can be both. And it doesn't have to be an either or anymore. They can be both. And, and it can, you can be a great mom and you can like have that and love that. And you can also want something that's for yourself, but there is a way to do it where it feels like both of those pieces can come together in a really happy marriage. So I'm just like, I love that you shared that too, because that's what I see a lot of moms struggling with is like, I love, maybe it wasn't the picture or the initial vision that they had. Like I didn't plan on wanting to be at home, but everything changes when you become a mom. But I also still have these other aspirations and these other things that I like to work towards. And I want to be able to do both. And they constantly feel like they can't. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that because that was the first thing. And then the other thing that I love that you said is like, I just posted on social and was like, hey, here's what I'm good at. Like, what can I do? And how that led to something because that is something I always inspire anybody who's like listening to my podcast or any students in my courses. Like that is the first step. And I know it's a really scary step to put yourself out there, but you would be surprised what can come, especially like nowadays, but what can come from just letting people know what you're doing or what you're thinking about doing, like the connections that can be, that can come from that. So I love that you were able um, to do that. And that led to that, um, that nice position for you. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I love that that's your focus. It's so true. You really can, you can't have it like, you can't have it all in the sense that, right. You can like be, everything but you can have both you can like be a really good mom and also be a really motivated like you know successful business owner um it definitely takes some work but you can absolutely do it so yes I find that that I just feel like that's so powerful um but yeah also I mean a lot of the clients like so once I started finding right it kind of was like okay now I made this business now I have to find my own clients and the first three or four clients I had were um, my sister-in-law was a wedding photographer and she would send people to like for me to write blogs for. They were all her friends, right? Like my first paying clients were all my sister-in-law's friends and they hired me because, well, one, I was super cheap, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm sure didn't help or it didn't hurt. But two, they trusted that my sister-in-law and they're like, Oh, sure. Cool. If you say she's good, like, you know, I believe you. And they were willing to take a chance on me um, because of that connection. So yeah, using your existing network, especially when you're getting started um, is the absolute best thing you can do. Yeah. And I have a lot of people like, they're like, well, I'm different from Emily. Like I don't have somebody who already has an established business or is already doing something in the online space. Like, I don't know. And that's, that's like the big misconception. It's like, it's often not about who, you know, it's about who they might know. Like you don't know who's connected to all these other people that you've been connected with. Like, you know, love it or hate it as far as Facebook goes. Like we've been collecting friends on Facebook since our college years. And yep. so it's like, we don't know where those connections, like there might be someone that you're friends with that, you know, you you connected with them and you might've exchanged, you know, words or message or whatever. You don't know where they have gone off to because you're not, they're not in your, your certain circle. So you're not keeping up with them, but they could be that like missing link to you. So I always encourage people. I'm like, if you can do anything right now, even, even so it's just going to start to build that confidence. Like it might not, like it might not lead to any clients. It might not lead to any leads, but you just like claiming your stake and saying like, yes, I'm putting myself out here. It's going to build that confidence. Of course it's scary leading up to it, but it's one of those things where it's like you get done with it and you're like, Hey, I didn't die. I'm okay. And then, then it's easier to like do it again the next time, or it's easier to like send that email to somebody that you don't know or make that pitch or whatever. So it's all about building that confidence over time too. 
That is so, that is such a good point. Yeah, that's really true. Um, okay, so I want to dive in. I know that you had mentioned when you were working um, with your first freelance writing job that you had, and then as you kind of shifted um, some of the things that you were doing, but what exactly does a copywriter do? There, I mean, there's tons of things that they can do. So just kind of give my audience a little bit of an overview of like what they do or what different services you offer to your clients as a copywriter. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't, I was like technically working as a copywriter before I knew there was a word for that. Like I didn't know I was a, a copywriter, huh? Um, I'm most people's minds go immediately to like, trademark copyrights right mm -hmm. like that's very different not <laughs> I don't do anything with that um but a lot of people that's where you default because it's not I don't know a word we use a ton but anyway I um copy is simply like words that sell right so any words that are written down anywhere that you use them to sell or to connect with your audience in order to make a sale that's all copy um my focus is website sales pages and email marketing. Um, there's plenty of copywriters who do like Facebook ads, um, blogs, and I've dappled in all of them, but my main focus is website sales pages and emails. Um, so yeah, anything that your business uses, um, social media tends to be more of like content writing, but that is honestly like kind of a pointless, there's a slight difference, <laughs> but plenty of copywriters do content writing as well. Um, so also social media captions and things like that. Um, LinkedIn posts. Um, yeah, anywhere you have words, really, a copywriter can help you out. Was there a reason why you decided to focus? Because that I think that's also important too. Like it's it's a good thing that you brought it up that like, yes, there are a lot of different things that you can do, but like you decided I'm not going to do all of those things under the umbrella of copywriting. I'm going to focus on, you know, websites and sales pages. So was there a reason why you're, you leaned more into that? Um, yeah, yes. There's two reasons. One. So when I was first starting, I tried everything. I wrote resumes. I edited, I like copy edited a book. Um, I wrote eBooks. I did everything. And that's actually something I really suggest no matter what field you're in or industry or niche or anything. When you're first getting started, like be willing to try stuff because you don't know. I think we hear the advice, right? Of like, be specific, niche down, like, and that's once you're kind of more established, I think. And I think sometimes like I heard that as a brand new business owner and thought I was supposed to be doing that, but I never listen anyway. So I just did what I wanted. <laughs> um, but I found out what I was really best at. So um, my, my form of copy. So I'm basically like what I call a personality driven copywriter. So I focus a lot on attraction marketing. There's other copywriters who are more SEO based um, or call themselves like conversion copywriters. Um, and so that sometimes leads to more intense, like more intense sales and I make sales, but through attraction marketing. And so like my style is not super intense. It's really um, welcoming and personable. And so I found that fit honestly best with websites. That's really the like bread and butter of what I do because one, it's what I'm best at. Um, but two, it's where my, I get the best, I give my clients the best results. Um, and then the people who come to me and want sales pages are really into my style, right? So they don't want a hard sell. They really want like this, 
I don't know. They want people to feel excited and like drawn in, right. And attracted to what they've got. Um, and it's just different. There's a difference in styles and that's who I am. It took me a long time to figure out who I was as a copywriter. But once I kind of figured that out, um, it kind of led me to, oh, I actually enjoy doing these projects best and I'm, and my skills are best suited for those projects. Yeah. It's such a good point that you bring up too, about like being willing to try things because like that, that was where I was too. Like I just started where I knew I could at least feel comfortable. Like it wasn't like I was going into anything. Cause I mean, I was a teacher. So it was like, <laughs> I felt like all I, like I had my identity wrapped up into that. And I was like, all I know how to do is teach, teach kids, you know, like reading, writing and math. But I was like, okay, I do have more skills than that. And I can kind of, you know, ease into it, try some things. And it's one of those things where it's like, I was good at social media. I was good at doing the engagement and posting and scheduling all that stuff and doing the hashtag research. Like I was good at it but I didn't enjoy it. It didn't light me up. And I, I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have actually tried it. So I love that you're, that you say that too, because that's really where I tell a lot of my listeners to start, you know, you, you might not like, if you're coming from a background where it was, it makes a clear transition. Like you already were doing like marketing in your corporate job and you want to bring it in the online space. Like that might be a clearer transition, but for some people who are teachers, who are nurses, who are stay at home moms, like it's not as clear cut for them. And you don't know until you actually get your hands in there and start trying. So I encourage them like pick a couple of services that you feel confident in that you want to get started in. And then sometimes like it even can come for me. Like I started really loving writing blogs for clients too. Like I loved being like, I loved it all. Like I loved it being in the back end and doing like all the formatting, but I also loved writing it and doing the SEO stuff. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like that's not even one of the services that I started out offering. And like you said too, it was like, I didn't even know copywriting was an actual thing until like you got into it too. So it's sometimes people are waiting for all of those right answers to like, or the magical like fairy to drop the most perfect service that you're supposed to be offering. And it's like, that's not how it works. You, you have to get started and get into it. And then mm -hmm. the right thing might come, or you might lean into something that you thought you never could have skills in. And that was where you found your passion. So I love that you kind of walked us through that process too, because it's helpful to hear it, that, that that's like, it's almost like a permission slip for people to be like, Oh, it is okay that I do this too. And it is okay that it might take me a little bit longer to figure things out. And that I don't have all the answers right away because it is going to come through that trial and error. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the timeline that you mentioned too is kind of a big deal. Depending on your like season in life, your timeline will look very, very different. And I think that was something um, that I had to learn was like, you know, I was, I was a mom and that was my primary job. Even when I started my business, that was still where I was spending most of my time. And so things just took me longer. I didn't have eight hours a day to sit down in an office and with quiet, you know, like things were not quiet. Like a lot of this was happening during nap time. And like, it was, um, so it took me a lot longer to get, you know, to like certain milestones or to whatever, have certain success that other people might've gotten to a lot more quickly if that was their only focus, but it wasn't my only focus. And I was able once I kind of accepted that, I was like, wait, I still get to be this mom and I get to have this business. So like, it's fine if it takes me a little bit longer. Um, that was a really important, just kind of like paradigm shift that I had to have um, while I was kind of trying to get things off the ground. I love it. And that's a question that I have that I want to make sure that I ask, but I want to wrap up the website stuff because I know if I have somebody who does website copy on the podcast... Um, I have some people who are like, okay, I'm like in that phase where I'm ready to do my website. I just want to touch on at like for, from the freelancing aspect, because I know that you work with probably uh, 
multitude of different clients and they have different businesses that they do so that the copy might be tweaked. But for freelancers specifically, what would you say are some of those like important features that they should include as far as their website copy goes to really convey what they do, how they help people, um, add in that little bit of personality too. I would love to get your expertise on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the best things you can do is have a really clear, compelling headline or opening statement kind of hero statement on your website. So um, a lot of times if you have a really strong I help statement in your Instagram bio, you can repurpose that and use it. Or you can write if you don't have one of those, you can just write from scratch. But basically start off your website by saying who you help so who that person is and like what you do for them. So, you know, I think mine right now is like, oh, I don't even remember. Something about come com- something to show off your value and voice because that's what I do, right? It's like powerful copy. I don't even remember. I haven't updated my website in too long. But you want to tell people so you, people know that they're in the right place, right? So maybe if you're like a VA who helps real estate agents, it should be like, you know, um, making life easier and keeping real estate agents organized. That's a terrible, make it sound prettier than that. But you know what I'm saying? Um, Make sure you tell people who you serve, what you do. So they know from the very beginning, they're in the right place. Don't make them guess, just like tell them straight up. Um, And then also put your services in a really like simple, concise way on your homepage. Put some kind of heading that's like, this is how I can help you or how can I help you today? Or, you know, if you want to get more creative, you can be like, choose your own adventure. But whatever it is, tell people and then have like, do not write a paragraph about each thing that you do. Do not have like all of the details and information and pricing that doesn't need to be on your homepage. But have like, if you have three services that you offer, have three little boxes and be like, I have this, this and this. And you can click over and go to my you know, services page to read more about it. But show people up front what it is that you do. Also, if you have a freebie, a lead-in, a lead magnet, an opt-in, whatever you want to call it, put a link to it on your website. I prefer static bars instead of pop-ups. Pop-ups annoy me, but mm-hmm. some people like pop-ups. <laughs> so you do you. Um, I do not believe in like absolute rules when it comes to copy. That's something <laughs> I'm becoming known for. People are like, oh, you're the rebel. I'm like, yes, that's me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I prefer a, sta- a nice static bar, but you pick whatever works. Link to that thing. So you're at, you're building your email list. Um, oh, and then also like, on this is just specifically for your about page or if you have like a one page website right where you're just like you're scrolling down and all that stuff is there um whatever your about section looks like actually tell people a little bit about yourself so we get this messaging right that's like your about page isn't about you it's about your client and that's true it's not a place to like write your whole autobiography you want to be client focused but people really do want to learn about you. So I always suggest that people like have a couple of fun pictures of things you like to do outside of work, right? To build that personal connection. Um, I have somewhere on my website, something about like sipping White Claw. I don't even know. I think it's in like the footer. And I literally had a client one time. She was like, I looked at 18 different copywriters and I wanted to work with you because I love White Claw and you talked about it on your website, um, which is so silly. but 
those things really do help people feel like they know us, right? And that, that we have something in common because um, we want to buy from people, right? Mm-hmm. We want to like feel connected and like we actually know someone. So that's just another tip on your about page. Actually do tell people some things about you. Yes. Okay. So if you didn't catch all of that or like you're driving, this is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to like pause that, rewind it and go back and write that stuff down because that's so, so helpful. And I think it's so true like that you pointed out, like do like do utilize that homepage because we're we make so many decisions as business owners, just as people in general in the day. And it's like, if all they got was your homepage, like if you didn't get them to like click away to your, like, what do you want them to know on that homepage? Cause if that's all you get from them, like give them that chance to like, want to take that next step with you. Like if they land on your homepage and they're like, oh, I don't know what she does. I don't know what she has to offer me or how she's going to help me. They're probably going to move on to somebody else. So I, I love that you they said, like, use that homepage. Like it doesn't have to be this crazy extensive thing, but at least let them know like, Hey, here's how like you could move forward with me and here's how I could support you. And then, um, yes, the about section is so true. That's what people like will notice about me. Like, I think I have something about like, like a reality TV junkie. And so like, I'll have people be like messaging me being like, Oh my gosh, what's your favorite reality TV show? Like, I love this. And it's just a way I think for people to connect with us. And that's why I always encourage people to like, it is hard, especially when you're coming from a totally different role in your job and you're having to, you know, put yourself out there in the business space. Like you don't have to be in your face type with like showing your face, but it also is important too to, to show your face, to like have a picture of you. Because again, people want to know like who, who they could potentially be working with. It's not like they're sitting there like judging you based on your looks, but it's like, if they see like a warm smile, like a friend, like that's something that's really going to draw them into. So really, really great points. I'm glad that I asked because I know that's going to be so, so helpful. So I want to jump back to what you were talking about and in my next question about those like mindset shifts that you had to take, um, stepping into this new role, even stepping from like where you, you know, had the freelance job with the um, one company and then you were kind of venturing out on your own and really stepping into that role of that CEO because that's kind of the premise behind the podcast now. So you had mentioned too, like, giving yourself that grace and and not feeling like, oh, I have to stick to this certain timeline or I saw Susie down the road do it this fast and now I've got to do it. And if I don't do it that fast, then I'm a failure. So what other things really had to happen or did you have to kind of uncover in order to make that transition and really step out on your own? Oh, yes. So many things. I feel like 80% of the battle was like (laughs) mindset. Um, I think one thing was I had to start treating myself like had to start taking myself seriously, right? I think it can be, especially when you're first getting started, you can feel a little cringy about being like, I own a, I'm a business owner, or I own a business, or I have, you know, I'm finding my own clients or whatever it is that can feel a little silly, especially when you now, right? I can tell people like, oh yeah, I have, you know, I make six figures and I have these clients and it's a really legitimate established business other people take me seriously. But when you're first getting started, you don't have any of that. So you have to take yourself seriously. And so actually starting to believe that I had a business and that this was a real serious thing, that was a big shift for me. Um, And I think too, along those lines, like on Instagram specifically, so like whatever social media you're using, if you're using social media, um, 
I had a, I hired a business coach, a marketing coach, uh, pretty early on. I think about six months into my officially like having a business. And she told me, she was like, you have to show up. Like you have 10,000 people listening to you. Um, even when you have 10, like if you want to grow and if you want people to listen and if you want to provide value, like provide the value and show up, like you're talking to 10,000 people which I, I took, I took that very to heart. And so I just like brought the value and was like, acted like I was, you know, had this giant audience. I think I had like 47 followers on Instagram and like half of them were probably my friends and my mother-in-law. So like, I did not have a large audience, but because I was providing all of that value, I actually did start to grow and people were like, Oh, she's, you know, knows what she's talking about. And you have to have, you have to start somewhere. Um, so really just being willing to show up and be like, yeah, this isn't, I'm not talking to that many people, but if one person hears me, like it matters and I've got to bring the same value I would bring if I was talking to a very large crowd. Um, yeah, I think that was a big one. Oh, also just like, consistency so I heard everyone say like you just have to be consistent and the in the you know progress will come or the growth will come and I think I thought being consistent was like logging onto my computer and posting on Instagram five days in a row I was like okay where is my success (laughs) I did it (laughs) I did consistency um and really it is a you know month's two years long game of consistency. And so it took me, um, I didn't really see my consistency start to pay off for 18 months. Um, And that was kind of when I saw my first real like spurt of growth where I was like, oh, this is compounding. All of these things I've been doing that have felt so futile and have felt just like I'm you know, yelling into the void are finally starting to build. Um, But yeah, it was 18 months, not five days, which is what I thought. So shifting how I thought of consistency and kind of just like that time frame um, was really helpful too. Yeah, no, I, I totally relate to that too. And that's something that I have to not only like remind myself, but also remind my audience too, is consistency often means that you're putting in the work now and the results are probably, you're not going to see those results for months on end. But the ones who who do end up getting to that result, to that like reward, to that success are the ones who do it in spite of like not seeing that instant gratification. And I think that's hard because that's the type of world we live in, right? Where it's like, you know, I, I did this, like now give me my treat. Now give me my reward. Now give me my medal. And it's like, exactly. that's, that's not what this, what this is. And if that's what you're looking for, then you might be like looking for the wrong things too. So it's really about putting in that work time over time. I had a coach once and it was really when I was just getting started to like really make that transition and shift from just being a freelancer, just providing one-on-one services to shifting into more of like really focus on my podcast and on my courses and my coaching and online education. And I just remember like I was doing all the stuff because I am, you know, it's the teacher in me. I'm a really great student. And so like you tell me to do something, I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. Like the day you assigned it to me, I will like do extra credit, all those things. And I remember like I would go to every coaching call and I'd be like, I'm doing it. I'm doing all this stuff and it's not happening. And like, we would talk about like, what's those next steps going to be. And she's like, honestly, Aubrey, it's more of the same. And every time she would say it, I would roll my eyes. Cause I'm like, I am so sick of more of the same because I've been doing more of the same. And then it really was, it was like all of a sudden it was like, 
then you like stop thinking about it. Like you stop finally thinking about like how long is this going to take? And it just becomes like a habit of I'm just going to put in the work and not expect those results. And then before you know it, it's like the results come. And then she would always tell me, she's like, once it comes, Aubrey, it's going to be like the floodgates are opening and you're not even going to believe that it happened. And she's like, but it it is that come the compounding effect over and over again too. So it's so good that you mentioned that too, because I think that that is a huge part of success in anything, but specifically in the online space. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, uh, I think, well, and you, we both talked about investing in a coach. And I think that's the other thing that you have to be willing to do is invest in the resources you need. So for me, I didn't understand, I didn't know what like a content calendar was. I didn't know about marketing. Like I was just posting random stuff, you know, I did not have like that sense of things. And so I really needed someone to help me figure out how to like, craft an offer and promote that offer in a consistent way. Um, And so I had to be willing. I mean, I spent probably 50% of my revenue, total revenue in the first full year of me doing this on my business. I was putting it back in, right? I was investing and I invested slowly. Like I started with a lot of one-on-one help. Um, And then as things grew, then I kind of invested in, you know, a nicer website template and some actual um, professional branding and some of those other things. But that came a lot later um, because I, and it's still, it's still hard. Like I still have a hard time spending the money because the figures, you know, just keep going up and up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh great. Now I'm going to make this five figure investment that I 100% know will pay off. And I know it's the right thing, but I still kind of have that little like I worked so hard to earn that money, you know, Um, but being willing to invest, especially in the beginning when it feels really hard, um, it's really going to help you get ahead a lot. I mean, we talked about that timeline and, you know, my timeline was drawn out, but it would have been so much longer had I not invested in some really smart people along the way who really helped me figure things out um, a lot faster than I ever if I, I don't even know if I ever would have figured it out on my own. So yeah, investing, it matters. You, you read my mind because I literally started that because I wanted to come back to that too, because that is something, that is one of the, the biggest stopping points I see people at. And, I, and I, am, I am a firm believer in there are definitely things in your business that you can figure out. There are things, there are going to come times where you're going to have to make that decision. Like, you know what, right now for where I'm at, like, I'm just going to go it alone and do it myself. But you can't, you can't do that for everything. Like if you want different results, you can't expect to keep doing the same things and hope that something else is going to come in that. A lot of the people who come to me, like I am their first investment if they're thinking about, you know, purchasing my course or something like that. And I know that it's really hard to make that investment. I mean, I, it was scary for me. I don't, I don't take that lightly. It's not like I, you know, I'm saying just throw all your money away, like no big deal. But I know that the people, like when people come to me and they're like, how did you have your success? It was like, even though it was really scary, even though I didn't sometimes know, like, how, like I would do like a lot of times when I would invest at first, I would do, I would do the payment plans because that was a little bit more like digestible for me. And sometimes I was like, I didn't know if I was going to like, where that payment plan was coming from. But I knew that if somebody can save me time, if somebody can save me figuring this out and go, walking around in circles and feeling like I'm all alone in this, that to me is so worth it. Because I think like, I always compare things with, do I want to, you know, waste time on this or do I want to not waste money? But like, where do I want to spend the, put the energy? And I always Mm -hmm. just rationalize it with, 
I can, there's something I can always do to earn more money, but I can never earn back time. And if there's something that you're serious and you really want to take that next step and you really want to have those expedited results, then investing really to me is a no brainer. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's so true. You can't, you can't make more time, Um, but you can't, you really can always make more money. And I know that that might feel, I've had times where I've heard people say things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, it must be easy, but it really, you really can find the money. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's not to say I don't, you know, I think there's some people out there who are like, go into debt, take out the credit card, figure it. And it's like, I don't, you know, be smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think it's like important to like, you know, make wise choices, but it it does feel like stepping out there and it does feel a little like, yeah, I've done monthly payment plans where I was like, okay, I know I have the first three months of this and I'm hoping that like the next three months show up from somewhere and they do, right? Like you keep doing the stuff, you learn, it happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I teach new, um, new and aspiring copywriters, right? Um, and everything in my, it's like an eight week program and it's literally the first two years of my business, right? It's like, here's what all of these things should look like. Here's templates, here's my experience, here's the technical skills and the mindset. And it is things that it took me two years that when someone is willing to invest the time and the energy and the money, they can get in eight weeks. And that mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, you know, you can't put a price on that. (laughs) Right. You really can't. Right. Yeah. Um, No. And I think that too, I was just, you know, to me, like whenever I do invest in something and you know, I've done some of those scary investments where it's like, whoa, this is like a huge, like it really is. It's not like, oh, I'm spending like a couple hundred bucks on a course, which I'm not saying that to take away from somebody who's like a couple hundred bucks on a course is a big stretch because it is, you know, there's going to be different places where you are in your business where like those even, you know, you get to a point where like even those bigger investments might be a big bit of a stretch. But something for me that helps me too is when I do invest, you better believe like I am showing up, I am doing the work because I put some of my hard earned money into this. And so like, I like for me, it's like the alternative just doesn't work. Like I just can't, you know, I think even at the point that I'm at my business, like I can't just throw money away. So I think it helps people to get that little like pep in their step mm-hmm. along the way too. In in addition to like, yes, you're saving time. Like, yes, you're getting that shortcut. Yes, you're getting somebody's, you know, two, three years of experience condensed down into a nice little present that's wrapped up with a bow that you can take. But it also gives you that drive and motivation to be like, look, I spent this money that it really was a stretch for me to do. Like I need to make that money back. I need to get that return on investment. And so I, in order to do that, like I need to be willing to put in the work too. So it, it really does help. And I trust me, like, I know it's scary thinking about taking that, like maybe first or second investment or making that stretch to try to, to make a program or a course or a coach work, but you will be so surprised like where it will take your business. And you'll look back and you're like, wow, like number one, I wish I would have invested sooner, but I'm so glad that I took that risk and that leap because it's paid off even more than just the return on investment. Like the growth that you'll have in your business is just phenomenal too. Yes. Uh, Yeah. All of that. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yes. Well, Emily, this has just been such an amazing conversation. Thank you just for being like so open and honest. I know that that's what my listeners really relate to is somebody who can they can feel like, oh my gosh, like she felt that way too, or, you know, and look at where she is now. And so it gives them that little bit of glimmer of hope that like, yes, this is possible for me too. So I would love for you to share with my audience, like where they can come hang out with you, learn more from you, what you have going on, all the good stuff. 
Yes. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram mostly at Emily writes. Well, that's my website as well. Emily writes well.com. Um, I have a really fun little, it's growing, it's new, but it's, um, a digital resources DIY copy shop. So that's on my website. Um, and there's some really great, so if you're not really ready to invest in like you know, custom one-on-one copy, which is definitely an investment. Um, I have some great templates and mini courses and some things that can help you put together some really professional copy um, without the, you know, custom price tag. So that's all really fun and available. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And then if you are looking for, I don't know, a fun freebie to help you build your skills. Um, I have on my website and on my Instagram bio, you can find it wherever. Um, but it's a fun interactive training and it's three essential copywriting skills. And it's actually, I actually teach you how to do three different skills. Um, it's not like theory. I don't know. Sometimes I get annoyed with like, you know, I'm going to teach you this. And then it's just kind of like the theory about it. Yeah, (laughs) It's very practical. I don't believe in wasting time. So it's very practical. Um, And yeah, those are all available or that is also available through my Instagram and on my website. So awesome. Well, we'll link all that up too, so that everybody can go and grab that in the show notes. But I just want to thank you again one more time for sharing with us today and for coming on the podcast. I know my audience is going to love this. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. It was super fun to chat with you, Aubrey. I feel like we could talk for like four hours about all of this. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.